Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation, and we can't wait for you to hear this episode of the chat podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The chat podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful southern Indiana city of Columbus. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for The Chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock and can be accessed through radio station WYGS. You can hear it live stream and through podcasts by downloading the WYGS app. The Chat is also available through iTunes. My guest in the studio with me today is someone I call a friend, sister in Christ, prayer partner, and every once in a while, walking buddy. You know her better as pediatrician Dr. Cheryl Harris. Welcome to the chat. Welcome back to the chat. My guest today is Dr. Cheryl Harris. So good to have you, Cheryl. Thank you, Nida. Thank you for inviting me today. I think I'd like to start out our hour with you by asking you to tell us about your family. Uh, well, we have a big family. Um, I come from a family that grew up in Japan. My father was a missionary um, with the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and we were there from 1958 when I was born. And my twin sister and I went over there with my mother and father, um, and we were there till 1972. And all the rest of my five other brothers and sisters were born there. Um, we had a lot of kids, but my mom had two sets of twins, so it, they came pretty quick. Um, the youngest is 12 years younger than me, and my twin sister and I are obviously the oldest. And um, I have a my husband is uh, Don Harris. He is a neurologist here in town. We've been here since 1989. We have three children, and they're all adults and uh, grown up, and we um, love having them over to our house. Very good, good. I didn't know some of those things about you, so that's good to hear. (laughs) Well, I think I'd like to ask you to start with uh, your testimony. Will you tell us how you came to know Christ? Thank you for asking that. I, I've never, I, I've always known Christ. I was born into a family of Christians, and they raised me to know the Lord right from the beginning. Um, and I, I really had a childlike faith until probably in high school when I there was an incident where I wore my contacts too long. And I was blinded by that for about three days. And during that time, I really developed um, an appreciation for the Lord because he couldn't see. Everybody had to lead me everywhere. And um, and then I began to have more of an adult faith at that time and um, trusting the Lord for all that he 
had prepared me to do. How long were, was it that you were unable to see? Just three days. But it, I, was, I had scratched my cornea on both sides, and uh, we, didn't, we were pretty not very wealthy, and we didn't really have that much insurance. So we didn't go to the emergency room not knowing that we could have. And um, so that's why I, didn't, I couldn't see for that long. That must have been scary. It was. I could, I could open my eyes, but it was so painful if you've ever had any corneal abrasions before. Um, you know, if you get numbing medicine, that's one thing. But if you don't have any, it has to heal before it can, you can open your eyes. So, yeah, it was, I went to church. They made me go to church. I would, <laughs> that was pretty humiliating. Um, that, that was a humiliating time. And also just trusting other people to lead me around. Wow, so, wow. Mm-hmm. You really learned how what it meant to have a everyday close walk, at least during those three yes. days, I mm-hmm. bet. Yeah, and I just prayed and wept and asked the Lord for forgiveness and I it just this was a difficult time. So yeah, that was um it right my senior year of high school, beginning of college area. So, so. you're saying that You've known the Lord for a long time. Yes, all my life. All okay. my life. Okay. Uh, you have, did you, <clears throat> excuse me, did you say seven? Uh, there are seven of you kids in your family? There are. And um, all of us are Christians, thank the Lord. Um, all, because of my dad's mission, all of us are missionaries um, to Japanese in one way or another here in the United States. My brother is still in Japan. Um, he's he's five years younger, and he's teaching at a Lutheran school um, that mostly most of the kids are not Christians. Neither are their parents. So it was started in the '60s, and um, they have some Christian teachers, but fortunately, they have a Christian principal now. And um, he teaches English and and leads um, a group there in song. And he's in a band that he helps the students also be part of that band. My brother's a drummer, and so um, he was on the drum line at Purdue when he was in college, and then he took all that skill back to Japan. So he's still there. And then um, my father still has a Japanese mission here and preaches at different churches and a church up in Indianapolis. And um, and then I lead a, a Bible study. It's really, we call it English Bible reading class, and we learn to read, we learn English by reading the Bible. So using um, words within the scripture that we read, um, they learn English and English conversation. And it's one of the few times a lot of these women get to come into um, a home. There's very few people in that come to Columbus that are from foreign countries, any foreign country, that have been inside an American home. And this is one of the ways you know you can get you can have them there. It's really easy to do, and anybody can do it, because most of these women want to learn English um, and speak it better. So it's a way to have conversations. So most of my siblings and I do some mission work in that way here in the United States and in Japan. Cheryl, can you tell me? Uh, can you give one example of how you have seen God's hand at work, even in the class that you teach? Can you think of an mm-hmm. example? Of yeah, there. It's just you know, it it's difficult. Um, uh, you know, when people don't think that they are sinners, or that they have nothing wrong, they didn't kill anybody, they haven't stolen anything, they've been basically good. You know, then you don't need God. You don't need a savior. And so, 
um, it's really difficult for some people to think that they are a sinner and actually need the Lord. And, and that's so with the Japanese. So in Japan, there's only like 2%. Even though there's been wow. many, many, many missionaries in Japan over since actually after World War II, and even before the Catholic Church was there, but um, you know it's not like South Korea where it just blossomed with the Presbyterian churches that sent missionaries over there after the Korean War. It, it's still two percent for fifty to seventy-five years, so it's very difficult. But what one of their to answer your question, um, one gal came um, probably 15 years ago and I get to see all the Japanese people in, and their kids in town. I'm a pediatrician and I can speak Japanese. So they come to see me and um, they I can invite them to the English class and they're welcome to come and if they don't want to do it the way the English class that we have, they get to come and see the people and they can come and go as they please. And one of them was Maya um, Canada. She wouldn't, won't mind if I told you. And near the end, she was. she's named after, um, she was very Buddhist, and she's named after Buddha's mother, whose name was Maya. That's why a lot of foreigners in other countries have their, their name Maya, because that's Buddha's mother. And so um, her family was very Buddhist, and she just couldn't see herself becoming a Christian. And um, she would ask me, at the, finally, she she'd been praying, and we I told her just pray and see how God answers your prayer. And so many prayers were answered. She thought I I can't just ask God all these things. You know, I can't be a vending machine for me. I I need to make Him Lord. But how do I do that? And one of the things that she struggled with was whether or not she had to be at church every Sunday because that's the only day off that most Japanese have as a family, and she her family is not Christian. So I um. I told her I can't be there every Sunday. I'm at the hospital a lot of times, and um, and God knows that there's you know you can worship Him in other ways at home, and and that after that she was like I'm going to be a Christian, and she was baptized and she went back to Japan with her family, joined a church there, and it had many internationals at this church, and she was trained there as just to be a Christian woman because, you know, I wasn't able to mentor her, mentor her. And when she, she just happened to be able to come back three years ago with her family again, which is very unusual. And um, she brought with her, her zeal for the Lord. And she's been, we've been Zooming this class all year. She's the, the host, hostess. And she helps all the Japanese that come into town. Um, she's a witness to the Japanese, um, Jesus with skin on for them. And they all know she's a Christian. Her family knows she's a Christian. And um, fun to work with her, to see that here was some fruit from the ministry, because a lot of missionaries never see the fruit, um, the seeds that were sown. They don't see, um, in Japan, they don't see it. They don't see the the harvest ever. Mm. Mm, wow, wow. Well, that is an exciting example, Cheryl. Thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> Will you tell us what your relationship with can you, is like? Can you explain it to us? Well, like everybody, sometimes you there's highs and lows, but I pray every morning. 
Um, sometimes I have much time. Sometimes I have 10 minutes. And um, I have a devotion. And is is that kind of what you're asking yes, me? Yes, okay. yes, um, And um, my husband and I, fortunately, uh, my husband's a Christian. And um, we he gets up earlier than I do, so we can't really pray together But in the morning. But in, when we get together at night, we eat together, and then we have a devotion together. And one of the things we've committed to is praying together at night before we go to bed. bed. And so we are able to um, talk with one another. And really, it, it's nice to have a Christian spouse. Um, it, it's actually key to my life. And and I wasn't going to marry anybody that was not a Christian because our goals would not be the same. So he became a Christian when we were in medical school through friends of mine, and then um, a nominal Christian before that. Um, but um, after we were married, we were able. We were been. We've had. We have been growing together in the Lord, and our goals have come closer and closer together over the years. But it's been. Nice to be able to worship together and serve the Lord together and pray for one another and for our children and our families and our on, and the things that we do in the the community um, for Christ. That's so important. Well, I have a curiosity question now, Cheryl. Are you ready for it? <laughs> I hope I can answer it. Yes. <laughs> okay. What's at least what's at least one area in your everyday life that God is working on you? To make you more like him. One of the main areas is just to be able to keep going. And uh, so often it's um, working and doing um, a lot of volunteer work. And also this, this English class, I, I get tired and overwhelmed. And especially when the kids were younger, that was just overwhelming. Um, because they had all three different things that they were involved in band and swimming and I was you know the president of the swim club for a while and it, and all the all the different um, meets that they had and, and so it was always difficult managing the time and and not feeling overwhelmed with work and then all these activities that the kids had and that's just trusting the Lord that he had it in his hands um, that I didn't have to worry about it and what really helped me through that time was my mom and dad. They would listen mm-hmm. and pray for me every day. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad pray for all of us every day, all seven of us, our spouses, all our children, and our children's children. Every day they pray for us Ed, before they get up. Wow, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, the theme song for the chat is a song called Stepping Out of the Boat, Okay. When's the last time God asked you to step out of the boat in faith to trust him? That's all he wanted. He wanted Cheryl to trust him. When's one of the last times you can think of he wanted you to do that? Today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm there with you, sister. (laughs) I was like, I've never been on a radio station. Um, I've been on a TV show before when I was a little kid, but, um, you know, it's, it's kind of when you when you're given these questions and you're thinking, what can I say? What can I not say? Things like that. Just uh, just put I put it in the Lord's hands to be able to do it and um, to say the words that God wanted me to say. So 
it's been a challenge getting ready for this um, interview, um, at, at least for me, it was. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like that for all of us mm-hmm. along the way. We've got to step out of the boat and trust God. So, well, let's t- get ready to take a break, and then we'll be right back, okay? Yes. This is the chat. Out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. Out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out. Come Welcome back to the chat. I'm chatting right now with Dr. Cheryl Harris. She is a pediatrician in Columbus, Indiana, and we're getting ready right now to talk about your prayer life, Cheryl. Are you ready for this? I think so. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm curious, and the listeners will be curious as well. Do you have a designated place to pray every day? I do. Um, I pray at my bedside, kind of like those uh, pictures that you see little kids kneeling by their bed. That's where I am. Um, and it's uh, I usually kneel, and that's because um, one of our Bible study fellowship leaders, um, Jane Newton, told us during one of her sessions that that's what she did and that it really changes your attitude in prayer. So I started doing that, and it really did. Now I need a pillow for my knees. But... Uh, I've been doing that. And a lot of times I'll, um, if I have a lot of time to spend like an hour or more um, just studying more in depth um, some things that I, I wanted to study, I will sit in a corner and I'm kind of hedged in about three sides and I'm by a window and I can look out and pray. And that's another, it's still in the same bedroom, but um, I usually am in the bedroom in two different spots, but it's it's important for me to do the same thing and be in the same place just so that my attitude is in prayer. Okay. What is your prayer life like during the day as you're going about your day? Are you commuting? Are you talking? Are you listening uh, with the Lord as you go throughout your day? Um, I try to, and I try to pray between patients uh, for the next patient. I'm not very good at remembering all the time, but I think as I go do this more and more, I will be better at it. But especially some um, of the, um, some of my my um, patients have lots of needs, and so I pray for them before I go in. And sometimes I pray for with them in the office um, if I if they want to, and um, and then I'll also pray um, after if if you know if they, we didn't have time to do that. Do you ask them if they want you to pray with them, or do you just go ahead and and say a short prayer with them? No, I always ask them ahead of time if they want to, because so many of them are are uh, troubled by what they're telling me it, it, when when they are having difficulties, and so I'll ask them if they want me to pray for them or with them, and and I've never had anybody say no mm-hmm. uh, because they know that they need some help. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Are there prayers that you pray specifically for yourself every day? Yes. Um, it's a, I got it from um, the Campus Crusade magazine. Now it's called Crew. But um, it's a prayer Bill Bright would pray. And I just thought it was just perfect. I have to, I, I have it memorized, but I'm not good at it. I mean, I always get it mixed up. 
part of the prayers that I pray, but um, it's, Lord Jesus, today, think with my mind, love with my heart, see with my eyes, listen with my ears, speak with my mouth, use my hands and my feet for your honor and glory. Today, fill me afresh with your spirit. So I pray that every day. That covers it all, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. My, that's a good. I think I'd like a copy of that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to start praying that one myself. Mm-hmm. If God could only answer one prayer for you, of all the things in all the world that you could pray, what's the one you would pray? I would pray that all of my children and my family. This is you know my extended family too would know the Lord and remain in him throughout their life. Um, Finish the race the way the Lord wants them to finish. You know, Cheryl, I think that as a Christian and every Christian that I know of, that is their number one prayer. If God could only answer one prayer, that is the same one that everyone I know that who has children, especially who is far from the Lord, they pray that prayer. That one goes to the very heart. Do you find that to be true? Oh, yes. In fact, you know, when people, at, you know, I ask if they want to pray, it's always about their children and, and about their the things that are happening in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I think number two is for the people that I've been able to share the gospel message that they would come to know the Lord. And I pray that at least once or twice a week through all of the names of the women in my English class, the English Bible reading class. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, I know a, a school teacher that he prays for all the students he's ever had at least sometime during the week. That is absolutely amazing. And to think what God is doing through his prayers, through your prayers, through my prayers, that nothing can take the place of that. Yeah, and you never know how it's how it comes about either. I mean, if you're fortunate and blessed to hear their story and that you knew you're a part of it, that's pretty special. Yes, yes. And that's what we all want to do. Mm-hmm. We want to answer, be the answer to the prayers that we pray quite often. And God is so good that he many times will use us to answer those prayers. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Let's get into your devotion time. What does do your devotions look like? Um, so, uh, like I said, a lot of times they're kind of short um, in the morning, and then in, I have more time in the evening. But I'll use a devotion book. It's um, actually, Nida, you gave this to us. Okay. It's called The Pearls of Great Price by Joni Erickson Tata. And I really like her writing. It's right on. It's not over your head. It's not too simple. But it, it, she talks about a Bible verse each day and um, how it applies to your life. And she has a lot of things in here about suffering um, because she's in a wheelchair and suffers daily. Now, I certainly don't suffer the way she does. And I really can't even say that I suffer like mo- other people that I see, I mean, people that see me suffer. 
Um, I, and I never feel like I've ever suffered ever as much as, as Joni or some of the people that come and come through my life. Mm -hmm. But it's helpful to see what to do when you suffer. And she always points back to Jesus and to, and to God, um, that he is the source of the answer to the suffering. And he allows that suffering in our life because he's in control of everything. He is in control yeah. of, of everything that happens in our life, good and bad. And there's always a reason for that suffering. Um, he allowed it to happen. And that's key to sometimes understanding why we are where we are. Um, and it may be of no fault of our own, but that God is putting that there because he sees the big picture. We don't see it. We just see a little tiny second of the millennial of of our life of our lives and of the world, but God sees how we all fit in in that big picture, and if you allow it, He uses all the things that happen in our lives to to bring others to know Him. Yes, yes. Now I know you just mentioned uh, Johnny Erickson Tata. Hers, or is there another one or two devotional through the years that you have really liked or that you have bought for friends and family? Um, well, right now, my husband and I, we always use a devotion book. And um, when we were, if kids were little, we, we've had devotions every time after each meal. Um, just as a aside, we always bring start our meal with a prayer, and we always ended with a devotion and a prayer. And that way our kids knew there was a beginning and an end and they never wandered from the table because they couldn't finish till the prayer was done. So they would always ask us, uh, are, are we, can we pray? And we'd say, sure, you can pray. <laughs> but they knew they couldn't leave. So it makes it so that you have structure and you can sit mm -hmm. at the table and discuss. So um, the one that we're doing right now is called 316 and it's by um, a, a computer specialist and um he's using it's kind of like looking at the bible by taking a piece out from each of the books of the bible and he picked 316 because eventually he'd get to john 316 so it's been very interesting reading about that verse in each of the books of the bible and and the history behind that book and so we're doing that. And sometimes I agree with him and sometimes I don't, but it's interesting conversation at the table. We've also used C.S. Lewis. Um, and while our youngest son was with us and <laughs> when everybody else had left and gone off to college, he goes, boy, I'm not sure I want all this attention. So he had another two, two years just with us. And we picked some um, books like C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, and we read through that. And it was interesting because he went to an interview at his college at Valpo, and um, and he was going to do um, pre-seminary studies as well as engineering, pre-engineering, and he didn't know which one to pick. So he went there, and, and they asked him at this interview, what are, you, what are you reading now? And he said, Mere Christianity. And the guy was so I know, I, impressed <laughs> that 
he he actually got a scholarship out of that. So you know what? <laughs> Devotions really count. <laughs> you you can help your kids get a scholarship depending on what you're reading. So um, and this started when I was a kid. My mom and dad always had a devotion. We because we were the only Americans in the entire cities that we were in. We always did it obviously in English, but we also sang hymns. And my dad would go through the hymn book, and we would memorize a hymn a week. And so it's fun now when we hit those hymns that I know all the verses <laughs> yeah. to sing those. So we sang during our um, devotions when I was a kid. So I've I've done this for a whole life, and hopefully my kids will do it for with their kids. Uh, yes, yes, very good. That was uh, that was interesting to see the the likeness of the way you grew up and the way I grew up and the way we're raising our children very much, very much the same. Well, I'm curious again, do you have a life's verse? A life's verse is a mm-hmm. verse that ha- you have thought of and recited to yourself many, many times throughout uh, your walk with Christ. So do you have one? Yes, I do. And it's Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And I pick that because... As a physician, a lot of physicians, I mean, you have to, when you're training, you have to, it's a lot of subjective, um, people, people grade you subjectively, um, because you're, you not only have to know things, but you have to be able to present things to, um, your super, superior physicians, um, and you're rounding together and presenting patients every day. And you have to know all of their labs, what their past medical history, their social history, everything. And you can have it written down, but you know, you have to please them in order to get a good grade. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so I'm a people pleaser and it took me years to figure out till I was in my mid thirties and I, that I, I was trying to please everyone. Um, and, um, because that's just really who I am sometimes, but, I it would I would beat myself up if I didn't think I did that. And so I finally just the Lord brought this to me that I didn't have to please everyone. I just had to please mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And so that's where this comes from. It's um whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So if I serve Christ, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I I should be able to please them, but I may not be able to do that every time, and that's okay. And that that freed me up to not really truly beat myself up every night thinking, oh, I said something stupid or mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. do this right, and it helped out a lot. Well, Cheryl, we're going to have to take a break here. And so we will be back and talk more about Bible study. And I want to get into mentoring and your struggles. So much to cover. We'll be right back. And his message is clear. Go tell the world about Jesus. And I'll go with you. Stepping out out of the boat. For the Savior is near. I'm stepping out. Cause he wrote. We're back with the chat. My name is Nida Evans again, and we are talking with Dr. Cheryl Harris today. I want to tell you, though, that Saturday mornings from 9 to 10, you'll be able to hear uh, the chat through uh, radio station WYGS. 
FM 91.1 on your dial. You'll also be able to hear a live stream and through podcasts by downloading the WYGS app. The chat will also be available through iTunes. Well, Cheryl, you ready to, to continue on with this conversation? I'm speaking with Cheryl Harris, Dr. Cheryl Harris. She is a pediatrician here in our hometown of Columbus, Indiana, and we've just been having a great conversation. So I want to continue on with what we are uh, talking about, and we're into uh, Bible study. Cheryl, what Bible, uh, what book of the Bible are you working on right now? Um, our English class is doing Exodus, and last year we finished up Genesis. Um, and in Exodus, we just finished up the ninth um, plague, and um, and then when we get started, we'll be doing the tenth plague. So it's been interesting. Because this is the area of why we, why Jesus was the lamb, um, the final Passover lamb. And trying to explain that sometimes is difficult to both Americans and Japanese. So um, reading about it is very helpful in um, knowing uh, why we do what we do and why Christ came as the lamb of God. Yes, yes. A very good book uh, to study any time. Uh, of the year. What's one of your favorite women in the Bible, and why would you choose that particular woman? Well, I, it, one of them's Esther because of what she did stepping out and being alone in the palace. Well, she sometimes saw her cousin Mordecai, but um, she would, at the end, Mordecai told her, it's for such a time as this mm-hmm. that God put you there in in the palace to save the people of Israel. And um, and then she stepped out in faith and asked them to pray, or to fast. She didn't say pray, but fast for her as she approached the king. So that was one of them. But another one, too, is also Jacobed, Moses' mother, who actually put Moses into the basket when he was probably four months old, because there's no way a six-month-old would sit in it long enough. And um, roll probably roll out of it, mm-hmm. but um, she put her faith in God by putting her son in that basket. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, in my practice, most there's so many moms that worry about their children, and and they won't let them go. And they all have a cell phone. You know, they're mm-hmm. always in constant contact yeah. with them. And I was raised very independently because we were in Japan and. Jacobid was able to do what my mother did. She, mm. when we were in first grade, my twin sister and I were put on a put on a, a train, and my mom took us back and forth to school. We lived about an hour away, but we took a, a about a forty five minute train ride, and another forty five minute bus ride, and we were all alone on that bus after a week. So we were back and forth, all alone on a train. I can't even imagine any American mother ever doing that. And Jacoba did that. She put him, I mean, the kid had nothing there except his sister following him on the riverbed. And so, you know, we can put our children into God's hands always. Mm -hmm. He is the only one that can see them all the time. It doesn't matter that you worry. Get rid of the worry. God has a plan for them. If they fall and break their arm or if they're killed, if they know the Lord, they're going to go to heaven. What's the worst that can happen to your child that's a Christian? Uh, They're going to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. And 
if they don't know the Lord, then yes, you ought to be worried, but share the gospel with them. But Jacoba did what every mother should do, is trust the Lord, that their children is in the Lord's hands, mm-hmm. and that anything that happens is because God is there and has a plan for them and is going to use that time of suffering that their children have, or if they don't have any suffering, which would be great, that God is there and has a purpose for that wow. child. Wow. Well, good answer. I, I like that, Cheryl. Cheryl, have you had a mentor in your life? Yeah, I've had several, and I'm very fortunate that I have that. First was my mom and dad, and they still are. They're still, one of the things that they taught me, um, you know, if I was dating somebody that wasn't a Christian, they never said, uh, you know, don't do that. You know, they always asked, why are you doing that? And it's key to raising families, I think, especially teenagers and young adults, rather than saying something like, don't do that because of such and such, just ask them why. And when you do that, they have to think about why they're doing it. And why is why is their mom asking that question in the first place? Right. <laughs> um, but as a mother or father, if you know the Lord, you can always share the gospel with that person with that mm-hmm. with the person that your child is dating mm-hmm. so that they really can come to know the Lord um, and so that's the mentoring that I saw from them and the second one was uh, Nida or Irma Sanford and Nida Evans you me <laughs> yeah just you know with prayer and we with Irma Sanford I prayed with her for three years for all the children at St. Peter's um, the school mm-hmm. um, and so I, I learned how to do that Wow, I, my heart is going pitter-patter to hear that I might have mentored, been a part of your life. Thank you, Cheryl, for sharing that with me. Let's talk a little bit about struggles. Mm-hmm. What's one of the top struggles that you've had in your life? I think the top struggle was when my my son was having um, difficulties in grad school and um, getting into grad school and also... Um, um, going through the struggles there and just praying for him. I, I have never prayed that hard ever. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, during that time, did God bring a specific song to your mind that helped you or helped to minister to you or strengthen you or support you? Did he? He did. And he also brought a verse. Um, and the verse, I put it below the prayer. I have this prayer that I pray every day. And, it, and it's Mark 4, verse 40. Why are you so fri- afraid? Have you still no faith? Mm. And um, the, the song is, um, It Is Well With My Soul. Mm. It was played by my son in band, um, this son. He was on the drum line. And... Um, they used this as their program one year, and I was just shocked that they did. Mm. Um, but um, I know that it was important probably to several of the band directors. So It Is Well With My Soul was a song that I sing to myself sometimes. Yes, yes. Well, I think if it ministered to you, Cheryl, it will minister to all those who are listening. So let's listen to It Is Well With My Soul. When peace like a river attendeth me 
especially that version, Cheryl. Well, as we're getting ready to wrap up the chat uh, for this uh, program today, Cheryl, is there anything that you feel like God is laying or has laid on your heart that the listening audience 
uh, needs to hear. Uh, so I'm just going to leave this two minutes open uh, to what you want to say to them. I think um, during this time of COVID, I've seen so many depressed teenagers and depressed parents with all the different things that they've had to do that are so different than normal life. Um, e-learning, trying to work with their kids that are e-learning, um, trying to babysit while you're trying to work in, in, in your own office at home. And during this time, I think we, I just for me, I have to remember that God is there all the time, that he's hemming you in as a Christian. And if you don't know Christ, that's what God is. He's always there. So the verses I'm going to read to you are from Psalm 139. Um, and it talks about how God is with us all the time. Before we were born, he knew you. Um, so I'm going to read part of it to you. Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guard me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The, light, the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And then it got at the end. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so these are just words that tell me and those that are listening that God is with you all the time, even when you're suffering, and that he will never leave you. He's known you from the beginning. Even before you were a twinkle in your parents' eye, he knew all your days. And so just have comfort in knowing that you're not alone and you're not struggling alone in this time. And all of that when you accept him into your life. When you turn your sinful life over, and yes, we still commit sins, but when we turn our lives over to him, mm -hmm. accept him, and then he will strengthen us, will guide us throughout our lives. We're going to take our last break, but we'll be back uh, to talk, uh, to finish up our conversation with Dr. Cheryl Harris about her relationship with Christ and how she has grown in him and depends upon him. We'll be right back with the chat. We're back with the chat and all this, the 
last uh, 45 minutes, we've been speaking to Dr. Cheryl Harris. She is a pediatrician here in Columbus, Indiana, and we're getting ready to have a closing prayer. Uh, Cheryl, I'm going to ask you if you will close uh, our program today uh, with a word of prayer, and then I'll come back with just a few more words. Thank you. Yes, I would love to do that. Um, dear Lord, you are wonderful. You are counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. Thank you for being my God and our God. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be here today. And I pray that the people that are listening um, will gain comfort from the words that were spoken today. And that those who don't know you will come to know you and Jesus that saved us um, from all our sins. Lord, just thank you also for um, Nida and the chat. And um, just that she is willing to do the Lord's work through this radio program and the people here at the radio um, station that are putting this together. Lord, I want to just end this with um, the prayer that I pray every day. Lord Jesus, today, think with our mind and love with our heart. See with our eyes, listen with our ears, speak with our mouths. Use our hands and our feet for your honor and glory. Today, fill us afresh with your spirit. In your son's name, amen. Thank you, Cheryl, for that prayer. This has been a blast being with you today and learning about you and allowing you to speak to the rest of us women Christians about how you live your lives. And then we can learn from you how to better serve Christ how to better relate to him, and just the, all that that has to uh, offer by talking with you today. So thank you for being with me at the chat, and hopefully we'll see you back soon. Thank you, Nida.